Holly G with the Golf Insiders for this edition of For Your Game. We have one of our favorites back today. We all know her. Oh, my avid podcast listeners know her, but uh, if you're listening for the first time, she is an LPGA Teaching Hall of Famer, a Golf Digest 50 Best Women Teachers in America. She is an author and a speaker and an award winner out the wazoo. <laughs> That's what I can say about one of my favorite people on the planet, LPGA and PGA member Kay McMahon. Good morning. Good morning, Holly. How are you today? Uh, I know you're going to give my listeners a lot of good stuff uh, that they should be doing. And as they're tuning up their games for the 2023 season. So first... I want to talk to you a little bit about the LPGA, the, the state of the LPGA Tour, as uh, their first major of the year is happening out of the Woodlands in Texas. And this is a big deal. They got a new title sponsor. It's called the Chevron Championship now. And a big uh, change from the 51-year history out at Mission Hills and Rancho Mirage. And I know you've got a lot to share about all of that. We've got A. Lim Kim, who's leading the tournament, right behind, tied for second, Megan Kang and Lily Avu, both uh, American players. So uh, just fill us in on all things going on at the LPGA. Well, you're right about the state of the LPGA. Is their, their, their purses are really increasing, so they, they made some big announcement about that. that. But I think that, that you're talking about the first – LPGA major of the year and moving the venue from as you said Mission Hills Ranch Mirage California to the Woodlands in Texas is is a big move because people still affectionately call it the Nabisco Dinosaur or the Dinosaur Tournament and there was a lot of tradition that went on for those 51 years there and how it even became a major for the LPGA um, but it's so it's a big move. So I think there's going to be some new traditions. But uh, you know some of the old traditions there. Um, there's still that statue of Dinah there, and she really helped the LPGA back when this all started with Colgate Palmolive and David Foster, and, and really starting to get the purses up then. Um, besides the jump into Poppy's Pond, as you well know. <laughs> yes. Um, well, first let's talk about Dinah because she was such a champion for women's golf, and like you said, really bringing one of the first, I would say, big-time sponsors to women's golf, which, of course, you know, led to, you know, more tournaments and bigger purses and, and all of that, and in fact, this year, you alluded to it, the tour is going to play for more than $101 million in official prize money, which is the highest in the tour's history. So a very exciting moment and year for women's professional golf. So, you know, Dinah, uh, and then, the, as you mentioned, jumping in Poppy's Pond. How did that all begin way back in the day? Well, back in the day, and I, and I will say this, because Dinah, um, and I think one of the, the players, I think it was maybe Jane Blaylock, said that she won in 1972, which was the first tournament, talked about Dinah as really many people probably today wouldn't know her name, but she was the modern-day Oprah, um, meaning that her influence and her prestige 
it was just amazing. And I, I mean, as a as a TV celebrity, but also as a champion for women's golf, and and many of the players back then looked at her as a mother figure. She took you know all of them under her wing and and was very excited and uh, and thrilled about helping to get Colgate Palmolive to be a major sponsor for the tournament there and bringing it to Mission uh, Hills and, you know, like I said, Rancho Mirage. But um, I think it was in 1983 or something, I think, when they first became a major, yeah, 83, um, and Amy Alcott won, uh, and it was very hot. And on a whim, she just jumped into the pond that surrounds the 18th green with her caddy. And it became a tradition after that. It was the, it was the splash heard round the world, Kay. That's right. It was very iconic splash. And I guess, as the story goes, um, two or three years later, Amy was in, going to be in position to win. And Dinah said to her, if you win this year, because Amy had just lost her mother, I'll jump in the pond with you because we'll do this in honor of your mother. So supposedly as Amy was walking up the 18th green, she saw Dinah, who normally was in her red jacket and white pants, and she had on black pants, and then her assistant had a robe next to her. So Amy said to her caddy, she says, I think we're all going to be jumping into the pond this year, and that's when Dinah then jumped into the pond, and that's how, instead of a green jacket or a red sweater, um, the winner gets a white robe and wet hair for that final interview in front of championship trophy really has developed into such a, a fun uh, tradition and one of the coolest, I think, for sure. So they moved to the Woodlands, a new date, and I am uh, would think uh, happily so because, you know, the, the, the Mission Hills date always came up against the final four weekend in basketball, Kay, and just um, didn't get, I feel, the, the viewership that a major tournament should because of that. And then the Masters started on that Monday right after. So they were just, you know, kind of, they kind of squeezed this big iconic tournament in, but I don't think we're able to maximize uh, fully. And and this certainly will be a much better date in, in consideration of that. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, moving it out of the Palm Springs area, uh, you know, to Texas. But I think overall it's going to be a good move, and they're going to start some new traditions. And there's always talk about, well, is somebody really going to jump into a pond again? And I think that will be up to the new winner this year. So it will be exciting to see on Sunday what really actually happens. Did you tell me that they built a pond off the 18th green at the uh, club at Carlton Woods where they're playing the tournament? Well, that's kind of what I've heard. So I'm, I'm not going to say that that's for sure, but I know that they do have a pond, but I think they, they actually built it so that it's a clean water pond so they're not jumping into mud and a lot of other things. So, But that, that's only rumor of what I've heard. <laughs> well, it's uh, shaping up to be an exciting tournament. They had a little bit of weather yesterday, but uh, we've got, as always, a very interesting uh, leaderboard. Uh, the majors always seem to bring out the best of the best. Megan Kang, who's you know a, a, a star on the LPGA. You've got Brooke Henderson, the Canadian. Of course, Nellie Corda, part of the Corda sisters. And then there is Cheyenne Knight, who actually is from the area. Uh, so you know she's a hometown girl uh, who uh, is in the top ten right now, which. I think a lot of people will be rooting for. 
Oh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, they're, they're talking about how fast the greens are. And they, you mentioned uh, Lilia Boo, and I guess that she had these wonderful six birdies. Uh, unfortunately, had some bogeys in it, but how putting is really um, taking over. Uh, but you've got a leaderboard that they're all within. Uh, there's a, a group just bunched up there. And I will say this about the play with the LPGA Tour, and there's always so much to talk about the men's championship. But if fans really want to see some great, great golf, watch these young women play. There's so many um, young superstars coming out of the Epson Tour. Um, the talent is amazing. And um, the, the Founders Cup is coming up, which was started by the 13 founders, as you well know. And I've talked to, uh, I've talked to some of the, the second generation, and they go, boy, they're all hitting it so long now. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> They've got game. There's no doubt about it, Kay. Mm-hmm. It, it really is amazing, and the the percentage of of hitting fairways and greens is amazingly amazingly high. So it's it's very nice to see. Um, they're very competitive, uh, and like you said, you've got some American players. You got Brooke Henderson out of Canada, but um, there's a lot of young players coming out of the Epson Tour Tour, which is absolutely fantastic. You are one of the best of the best when it comes to golf instruction. Uh, have been honored in many, many ways. So I want to take a few minutes because I know you've got something coming up. Um, you're going to be doing a free webinar on a topic that I think has gotten uh, a bit confusing and is probably one of the most important aspects of the game, and that is our wedge play. Okay. <laughs> and... You know, so many different types of wedges, terms about wedges, you know, bounce, this degree and that degree. Uh, I'm hoping maybe today we can spend a few minutes just demystifying that and helping our listeners uh, develop a better wedge game. Well, you're absolutely right. Many times people say, well, I really can't get to the range or how do I practice my game? And I say... The best way, number one, to practice your game is to practice your little chip shots or short little pitches because that really is impact of your full swing So and really then correlates directly into putting. So practicing those short chips or short wedges uh, or short pitches, I should say, will really help your game. There's so many wedges today, uh, so many different degrees, so many different degrees of bounce, and actually what the, the bounce actually does for different types of grasses, for different types of lies, that wedges are really a whole subject unbeknownst to everything else. And so we are going to be doing a free webinar on that so we can answer people's questions and kind of demystify what some of all this means and when you should be using those wedges. I find um, there's a difference of tight lies, there's a difference of heavy grass or rough or whatever. And uh, what I have some of my players do is they, they have a number of different wedges, but they may take a couple out or may use a couple for a particular golf course that they happen to be competing at. The wedge game is sort of the art of the game. When we watch these pros, they just hit shots that they make look so easy. What are the key essentials? What are the, you know, you need three, you need four. Where do you trade off those, those wedges for other clubs? 
Well, I think having carrying three or four wedges with different lofts is, is very helpful. And actually getting a 58 to a 60-degree wedge with loft is very helpful today, number one, because greens are much faster than they used to be. So you have to have something that's not going to create as much run. But I think for beginners, intermediate, and the average, let's say, recreational player, I'm going to talk about how wedges are designed. And many people don't understand what the leading edge is for or what we call shaft angle. And the shaft angle simply means that the handle sits ahead of the club head. And when that happens, the leading edge is then flush on the ground, which then means then the sole or the bounce will be appropriate. Now, it sounds a little technical, but so we talk about design of the club, like understanding different designs of different knives. They're each for a different function. So by having the handle always ahead, so the number one air in the golf swing, people think they pop their head up or they hit behind it, is that the club head gets ahead of your hands and you're starting to flip, scoop. People say you're helping it. So you're not using the club as it's designed. The handle always has to stay ahead of the club head and your back wrist has to stay in what we call extension or slight bend, which makes your forward wrist flat and keeps the club face square to your target line. Now I'm going to go on a little further with that, meaning then once you start making solid contact, then it's really easy to pick a landing spot, how much carry do you need and how much run do you need. So we first talk about get first understand design, then get your technique down, and then you can start judging your distances. So I'm one of those that fights the flippy hands, Kay. Um, yes, you do, Molly. <laughs> so, so that's a that's a great tip. The other thing is sometimes uh, players can get uh, you know kind of too um, too much movement in their lower body. If you notice the pros, they're very quiet from the waist down. You want to feel like if you were just going to toss a ball to a little six-year-old, you'd basically just kind of move your arm back and forth. You wouldn't do a whole body turn. You wouldn't do very much because you want to have it a softer landing. Um, so the other thing is people say you have to accelerate through. You really don't want to accelerate through. What people mean by that is you want to keep your hands moving. Acceleration doesn't necessarily mean fast. I mean, if you think about driving a car, if I'm going from here to the stop sign, I'm going zero to 20 miles an hour. That's still acceleration. So acceleration doesn't mean going from zero to 60. It simply means that when you flip, your hand suddenly stopped at about where the ball was and the club head gets ahead of your hands. So you actually have to have your hands go a little farther and the club head not as far. Talk about also what loft a player should choose given the situation. Like, you know, if you've got open green and a back pin, lots of room to run. Or you're behind a bunker and you've got to pop it up and make it stop quick. What are your rules of thumb for, you know, your go-to wedges in those situations? Well, the, the, there's two distances you want to always consider. You have to look at the situation you're in, which means from the ball to the edge of the green and then how much green you have from the edge of the green to the hole. So, obviously, if I have a lot of green to work with, I want to get the number one rule is get the ball on the green as soon as you can and create more run. Now, if I have to go over a bunker and I don't have a lot of green, then I'm going to have to use a 60-degree wedge. But I also have to make sure that I choose the wedge I want to have or use 
not only because of that distance, but because of the lie of the golf ball. The lie of the golf ball is overlooked all of the time, how the ball is sitting in the grass. So you have to be careful, then you will understand a little bit more of how to use the bounce or not. So uh, people say, well, what's a tight lie? And I'm saying it's like sitting on a hard bar stool for a couple hours. There's no cushion underneath it. Mm -hmm. So you really have to look at the lie of the golf ball to figure out what you want to do. The tighter the lie, the more your hands have to be ahead of the club head. That's what keeps the leading edge down. People say hit down into it. No, you want to keep your hands ahead of the club head. Therefore, the leading edge stays flush to the ground, and the ball will then pop up. And that creates that crisp contact. Crisp contact, and that's what they they talk about is compression. You're just actually getting the center of the golf ball to hit the center of the club face, and that's why you have grooves on the club, and that creates the backspin. Do you have tips in terms of where you position the ball in your stance? Can can the can the ball position help uh, players in that regard? You want to play the ball position for most of the time uh, back of center and your hands forward of center, and then that again keeps that then you'll be hit a crisper shot. The farther up you play the ball in your stance, the, the higher the risk of making crisp contact. So you really then, you have to really understand that the back wrist has to stay in extension, which a lot of people don't understand what extension really means. It just means that the back wrist is, is slightly bent, uh, I guess backwards, it would be, yeah. Yeah, you often hear commentators talk about, you know, how long a, a pro hangs on to the wedge shot. That's actually what they mean is that that back wrist would be staying in what's called extension. Um, and but then, then the forward hand uh, wrist will look flat. And what that really correlates directly to is the face angle stays square for a long period through impact, uh, four or five inches, rather than just flipping through it. Then the, it's only square and you don't, for very short period of time, and therefore you don't get consistent contact. Without consistent contact, you can't judge distances very well or and or direction. Well, we know that, uh, number one, you want to put it in the fairway. But number two, it's about scoring. And I've always uh, learned that's that's really comes from a 100 yards in. Right, Kay? Right, yeah. And I, people always say, well, I want to get it at the pin. I said, well, let's see how many times you can first hit, hit it on the green. Let's first get it on the green so we can at least have a putt. So if, if, depending on the level of where you are, then once we start getting 10, 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 on the green, then we can talk about let's get them closer, and then let's get, we segment the green into um, sections, and let's get it on the third of this section or the fourth of this section. So, yeah. Well, so, again, what I would suggest people doing is it's, it's a very um, extensive subject, just wedges alone. Yes, it is, and because... Also today, we have many boutique companies, if you will, that uh, focus specifically on wedges and, you know, some that cater more to the recreational player, make, making their wedges a little easier to hit with a, you know, wider sweet spot. Uh, so it's, it's really um, valuable to do some homework and, you know, check out some of these brands that people might not necessarily know. Now you can, you know, you can buy the clubs off the rack. So uh, you can really put together the tools that you're most comfortable with and that fit your game. All right. Well, okay. A lot of great information. And to my listeners, you can learn more from Kay's 
upcoming free webinar. And uh, Kay, where can they go register for that? They can register on my website, which is educationgolf.com, but it's spelled, as you know, E-D-U-K-A-Y-T-I-O-N golf.com. And they can get all the information there, and they can register there. So it'll be upcoming. Awesome. Well, Kay, we always appreciate your time. As we sign off, I always say, keep your head up. It's all in the attitude, and we promise your scores will come down. So keep your head up. Love it. Thank you so much, Kay.